Welcome to episode 422 of the Steel Cage Podcast. My name is Derek Montilla, occasionally known as Queen Anti-Entity, the ruthless tyrant of both Bartertown and thesteelcage.com. And thank you guys so much for joining us for this week in the Thunderdome. That voice you heard, uh, he's a grotesque symbiotic being who lives in the backpack carried around by T-Call. It's the Neo-X. A.K.A. Grout, or what was it? Uh, Master Blaster. <laughs> I was going to say grout gout. <laughs> <laughs> the grout gout. Uh, that's Neo's wrestler name, the the, the gout. Um, but also joining us, uh, not to be not 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 to be forgotten, he was banished into the vast wilderness only to find a community of marooned orphans who will survive if he lets them. It's Uncle Beak. Oh, man. If they got to be good, I might train them to be, you know, my minions, well, send them out to scavenge. I'm sure it's you'll fun. I'm sure you'll wrestle them. Fun. You'll be beat, beat me if you can survive if I let you very Taz kind of you know. No, I'm very nonviolent. I'll make them wrestle for my amusement. Yes, yes. I'd I'd imagine Uncle Beak would have have the orphans call him Grandpa Uncle Beak. Yeah, yeah. Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Grandpa Uncle Beak, why do you make us kill each other? Oh, because it amuses me, children. Kill him for asking questions. No, kill him for asking. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about Beak's mini Thunderdome, uh, or more importantly, the WWE's major Thunderdome, uh, where they are Ooh. going to be renting out the Amway Center in Orlando to hold uh, what they are calling WWE Thunderdome for all of their main roster shows that do not include NXT. Um, so, so NXT is still in the PC? That's my understanding. Yes, I don't know exactly so where, but they... They specifically talked on the commercial about what you would see from the Thunderdome, and it was Raw, SmackDown, and SummerSlam. Okay, okay. So the so the PC era will never be will never be uh, uh, dismissed because NXT is still in the, in the PC. I'm sure they're going to still be using it. it I, I mean, for the most part, like I was talking about it with my wife, how easy it makes it for them to do a lot of stuff. Yet they just weren't really that imaginative right nxt has always done a good job of the fact that they were always at full sale and i think that they used you know the parking lot and the backdrop and the line where the fans go and everything really well to incorporate into their storytelling uh, and it's a controlled environment that they don't have to travel around with like the main roster so they can do that kind of stuff I, i'm just i'm kind of surprised that in their time at the at the pc that all they really did was um you know, flick the lights on and off and had some guys in hoods come out and beat trash cans with baseball bats. You know, it didn't didn't seem like they really used it as well as they could have. But this Thunderdome sound like it's going to be more of what the NBA has been presenting on TV with, uh, you know, like graphic boards. And we are going to have a virtual fan experience where fans are going to be on some sort of, I imagine, graphic board thing in the background like NBA is doing. So... Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Is it is it reaching or is it like needed? Uh, I'll go. I'll go first. Oh, go for it, buddy. I'm I just gonna say I feel like it's it's a concept that that Vince McMahon or creative might have saw Mad Max. They saw a dome. They saw people fighting in it. They thought, let's just do that. So I think it's a concept that can be executed well and WWE being the masters of production, I feel like they have the potential to do it well. Sure. Yeah. But I just I just don't feel like they're gonna get it right. Do you think this was at the same production meeting where they, they came up with Raw Underground? 
Because it feels like that kind of like creative meeting where they were like, we got to do things different. Someone was like, we should have a, a thing that looks like the fucking Street Fighter video game. And someone else was like, Mad Max, Thunderdome, motherfucker. That's way better than your stupid video game idea. Yeah. And they were like, so we boys, movie fest boys. This weekend and we watched Mad Max. And then we watched Fight Club. <laughs> and then we, we watched Kickboxer a little bit. And we thought, you know, I got a concept I think it's going to be fun. I think it's interesting. I wish they would have done something cool uh, to actually, you know, in storyline mode, make it so they had yes. to go somewhere else. Like, fucking yes. somebody uh. released a bunch of cockroaches into the PC, and nobody wants to go in there because cockroaches are just yicky. Well, that's, uh, a, that's a really good icky. point. That's <laughs> a really good point. Icky. They're disgusting. Like, I would not want to go there anymore. I have a fucking mouse in my house that makes people just want to pack up and fucking move, you oh, guys. Oh, shit. Yeah, let me oh, tell you about that. If there's one, there's more than one. I dude. know there is. Hey, I know there is. I know. I'm well aware. It's terrible. My life's a I, fucking I, nightmare. But I, but I totally it's like that episode with... of uh, Friends when Phoebe had the one the rat that she thinks her friend gets killed, then she realizes there's there's a whole bunch of other rats in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but you're right though. Like retribution is one of those things that they're doing right now. That's a storyline that's going on, and it would that would have been a perfect storyline to incorporate into this ne this necessary move, like you're saying. Something where they literally set the PC center on fire or some shit. Like, I, I don't know. Like, get imaginative with it. But it, it doesn't seem like they're being as creative as they could be. Well, and let me tell you this. Because this is how I was going to book it. I wanted the leader of Retribution, instead of having his cronies pretend to beat up the PC, um, like like you said, maybe set fire to it or that generator should have broke the, the, the PC. Mm -hmm. Let's be honest. Um, That's a great point. That could have been but, their thing right there. Like they can't, they can't come from the PC easily, Something as easy as fucking, this is a safe working environment. These people coming through and destroying everything. We got to go somewhere that has going to have tighter security and they can, I know it's a bigger building, but they can sell it. Like that's the gimmick. You know what I mean? No, I they could have, they could have sold it. Like in my opinion, like, like Derek's thought was going in my opinion, the Thunderdome could have been a brainchild of retribution, right? And the, the that brainchild could have said could have invited the WWE to come and fight the Ross, you know, the retribution, you know, come come seek retribution in my arena. And it could have been like a mini like survivor series, you know, that that maybe lasted for like a month. Like there was just so much story potential and and man, I just wish that they would I don't know. Maybe they're just treating us like smarky, smarky, smarks, where they don't feel like they need to give us story, you know. And I feel like you're forgetting mm. the essence of pro wrestling. Yeah, that's which a, is the stories. That's the big problem. Like I, I feel at some point along the way they thought that presenting because we always wanted the good wrestling that we see outside of WWE in WWE. We wanted what we see at PWG. We wanted what we see in New Japan. We wanted hard-hitting, fast action that looked real and, you know, blurs the lines between, you know, pre-planned pro wrestling and, and actual fighting. The problem with that is obviously it's problematic. Injuries occur. Things are going to happen that they don't want to happen. They value their superstars being able to show up healthy at you know, meet and greets and signings and the next episode of the television show rather than them putting on good matches. But at one point they decided that they were going to try to put like solid wrestling matches on TV and that people would go for it, even though they're still, you know, pulling back on it and doing the WWE thing. What you said is absolutely right. And I think that's the biggest problem of all is 
we've never really watched wrestling for the wrestling. Uh, we've watched it for the bullshit drama storylines, adult soap opera that it is. That's what we loved about the old days of WWF. And that's what we still want. You know, you could put on all the great matches you want. I've been at a fucking PWG show where every single match was five stars, right? It gets exhausting after the fourth or fifth match. I don't have any energy <laughs> yeah. left to cheer. It's a hundred degrees in that building. There's fucking people like squished in next to me to the left and right. It's wild, but I'm just Not saying. Not anymore, baby. There's, uh, yeah, no, it's it's different now. But you know, in the good old days, uh, it was just one of those things that, like, you as much as you love the wrestling, it was hard to sustain that level of energy. I started to understand the ebbs and flow of the WWE show and why they did things the way that they do compared to PWG. Uh, it still didn't mean I didn't complain openly about wanting, you know, more of that style in WWE, right? Um, but that's never been what's the, been the draw, you know, in the Austin days, it was all the storyline stuff. It was, you know, yeah, it was Austin kicking people and giving them a stunner, but mostly we wanted to see him just like always come out and be really angry and get his revenge. And like when Austin won the title, you wanted to see him celebrate when he lost it. Oh, that was even better. You wanted to see him come out, whoop someone's ass and, raise you hell. know, fucking raise hell and show up in a monster truck and all that shit. Right. Um, so like. I think that's the most disappointing thing about this and I'll hold judgment. I'll stay cautiously optimistic as our founder and proprietor would say about what the presentation is going to be. I agree. Yeah, I co- I'm just stoked to hope it's cool looking. Like I don't really care about this virtual fan experience. I don't need to see a bunch of fans. I don't either. Applauding. No, that's no, it's, it's, it's just a- going to be a bunch of buttholes and dongs. Well, yeah, Oh my God. If that like, would- like oh, it is, it's going to be buttholes and dongs all night long, but you're also going to have the fact that you have like, I don't know. Uh, like now I'm I, even more interested. I didn't really think about that. I didn't even know that there was going... Like, I, I didn't know I didn't need the fans there in the arena. Like, it's weird for it to be so quiet, but I, I don't need the piped-in noise, and I don't need the NXT trainees to be in the audience. I don't need any of that. Yeah, I, it's either not, give me a packed audience or give me nobody. That's right. how I am concerned. Right. But, like shoot, this, but shoot it differently I, and be more creative about it. I mean, this is an opportunity to not only do matches like they did with the graveyard match and, and the money in the bank match. It's an opportunity to do more shit like that on a television presentation just in general. Like, mm-hmm. they're just not being creative with this whole situation. You know, you don't want to cut away when you're in an arena full of people do a bunch of segments filmed outside. But when you have no fans in there, who gives a shit? Why aren't we getting more segments filmed outside of the PC? Why aren't we getting yeah. more segments on the beach and here and there and driving in cars and that kind of stuff? They're just not being creative when it comes to the entire presentation. When it comes to that, maybe that's what I'm... Maybe they can't production to, like, get anywhere outside. Maybe. No, maybe. That's a good point. I, I guess that's one thing I even forget. But they could still go outside of the PC center and do shit right outside of the building in yeah, the parking lot. Yeah. That's fine. You know. Hey, guys, if you have a second, and I know we're live, pal, but I just put a link in the chat uh, about the Thunderdome sneak peek, and it looks like a like a like just a big spider erection. Um in the chat so i i was on i was just on i was on wrestling spider boner yeah he sent us an erection pic in the chat is what he's telling us right now yeah, yeah. i'm on wrestlinginc.com just looking at like you know thunderdome stuff just to try to kind of make sense of it and it, it isn't a dome shape but it's got a you know so it's going to have like a bunch of like a dome shape colorful leds you can see all the lcd light uh all, all the lcd screens around the where the fan should be and um 
you know what? As long as they just add, I feel like if they just really focus on the stories, I think they could really make this work. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, just don't make don't make it shitty. <laughs> like, NBA did a great job. I'll give NBA and NHL. Uh, I've 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 been very thankful to watch them while I've been stuck mm-hmm. at home because I have nothing to do during the day, and they've been playing a lot of day games, and I've had a chance to watch and enjoy. Like the presentation, I don't miss the fans at all when it comes to those games. I think they did a great job with how they present it. Mostly, right. it looks very futuristic. That's one thing I like about it is <laughs> there's almost a part of me that if I woke up now and saw this, I'd be like. Oh, this is how NBA games are now. Crazy, I'm, you yeah, know. Looking at this thing, and it look, does look cool, like but like there's a big part that looks like they'd be cool LEDs for like entrances, but you know that's just gonna be all a bunch of virtual fan faces. There's gonna be just a bunch like of dongs, said, dicks and balls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a bunch of buttholes. Well, and the, and the other thing is that the ramp is the same. Like, why is the ramp the same? You know, I mean, I feel like they could have really jazzed that up. I mean, and, and, and this is the thing. When I think Thunderdome, I think Mad Max. I think exactly. I think like like uh, po- post-apocalyptic. Yeah, dirty. I think I think like um, there should be some sort of underworld boss that's Bruce leading this Jones thing. You know, some sort of bard, like some sort of guitar playing flamethrower bard in the background. This just so far it looks pretty. Now, if, if they if they mug it up a bit and really make it look like a, an actual like venue um like a fighting if they make it look like a fighting arena i think this is going to be uh good you know and they're i mean wwe like like i said before they're great with production they 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 always deliver with wrestlemania uh you know the the super shows and whatnot but i i just i don't want them to mess up the story and i and i, and I know i sound like a broken record but no 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 it's, it's right you're right you're right because they've they've shown that they really don't care as of late to give us good storylines but with that being said i'm going to credit smackdown um a little bit later for some of the storylines they have done that i think that have have been pretty good to be honest like i gotta give credit where credit's due and some people are doing way more with the little that they've been given um than others and i think that that's been fun but the big storyline carrying over to both shows obviously is retribution um aka aces and five eights uh, and <laughs> I I just love the idea of King Kids Club. I, I love all of those conspiracy theories coming out about it. I think that it's been poorly executed, in my opinion. Yeah, it's been poorly executed because they've done some really dumb shit, and they look really stupid. They they literally look like some little kids. I I don't know what they're going for. My so, instinct feels like they're going for. Uh, like Vince McMahon's vision of like left wing Antifa protesters. Yeah. Like, I feel like yeah, that. Yeah, but they're just doing mild inconveniences. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Well, this they, time t- they, they went to the production truck, <laughs> shut the show Mild off. inconveniences. <laughs> <laughs> they shut the show off for a minute and then went to commercial and then the show went back on. Like, they really didn't interrupt the show per se. Like, well, you, you no, know, I mean, speaking of. I'm going to wait, wait, wait. Of, wait, wait, wait. But okay, speaking of mild inconveniences, there was this one part where there was a retribution Goomba who threw a center block through the glass, right? Through the glass yes, door. Yes. And then Goomba number two threw the same center, through another center block through, through the, the already made hole yeah. in, in the glass. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm like, what do you do? Now you got to pick that brick up and probably get that window repaired tomorrow these, pretty quick. These are not. Like, just like, 
like, these are not experienced anarchists. Like, this. like it makes no sense. Like it's their first time like breaking anything. Yes. My you question know? for you guys is the the reveals. Like, when do they reveal the first member? Are they gonna? Do you think they're gonna reveal them all at once? Are they gonna make you think people's are members? Like, which way do you do you think they're gonna go with this? And do you think maybe the reason it's not very interesting right now is because we know who none of these fuckers are? Maybe I think that it's not interesting because they're not very menacing. When I see them Definitely do shit. Not. Like, don't get me wrong. I, uh, like, I was, like, when they brought out the chainsaw and SmackDown, I was like, holy shit. Like, I couldn't believe that. That was just out of fucking nowhere. But a lot of the stuff they do is just, like, run in and be like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to bang my bat against the fucking wall and shit. Yeah. It also sucks that they're not using real spray paint. It's obviously that, like, spray chalk shit that can be wiped off. Like, you got to commit to the shit. You know what I would <laughs> you love? You got to commit. I would you love to commit. see them come back to SmackDown or Raw and have the same graffiti that they painted up just there now. Who but the fuck cares? You know, I'm, now. Right. No, like, I'm just saying they, they, like, cleaned it off. It was gone. Because they did it on SmackDown and then on Raw, I didn't see the, 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 oh, the like, the shit up on the, on the glass you know, on the glass, right? Like, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how spray paint sticks to glass. So maybe it just in general, like wipes off. I, I don't know. But <laughs> like, I would have, I, I think that when they've made their attacks, there's times where they go farther and, and it's good. Like there's times where I don't think they're going to like physically harm anybody. And then they start doing that. But like, they need to do that right away. You know what I mean? Like, they need to just come out and start jacking someone. They don't need to come out and like, ah, I'm going to scare you all off. Ah, run away. You know, like, that's really yeah. dumb. We're scary. Yeah, like that part. We're, we're scary. It's so scary. I, I just, you know, I think that, I think back about the storyline with El, El, El Fantasmo or El, El Hijo de Fantasmo and, like, the whole kidnapping thing. It was, it, it was done well because they just came yeah, out and did the shit. They just, yeah, it was menacing, right? It was like, fuck, dude. <laughs> like, they're doing an interview one minute, and then next thing they know, the van comes up, and they're just grabbing some dude and throwing He's him in the back of it. Fools. Right. <laughs> like, that That had the right tone where this doesn't, you know? And so I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's the problem with direction. I think some of the camera angles and shit that they do is dumb. Uh, I think that if they just dropped everything and went to the hard cam far away, like they did for a little bit on Raw, that, that would have been perfect. Like, just let them run chaotically and don't cut cameras and don't do anything. Act like everybody just fucking dipped and that the live feed is just running through one camera now with no... That's, you know, that's that kind of feeling of chaos and craziness that, that I want, you know, but... Sure, yeah. I also think, too, that they're not very intimidating. Like, that's why people are making fun of them and calling them aces and five-eighths and shit. They do look like a bunch of, like, high school kids or whatever. I don't know who's behind the masks, but... I mean, it's not doing a lot for them to show up against bigger superstars and, you know, look so little. I, I, I imagine at this point, my guess is that they're NXT guys. Uh, and I say that only because... Uh, shut the fuck up, Alexa! God damn it. Um, I say that only because I am 100% sure that Vanessa Bourne is one of the members yeah. of, of the group. I think, I think Chelsea Green is also a member. Correct. Uh, I um, hope so, at least for her sake, because I think that she... Uh, it seemed like she got rightfully kind of put in the doghouse over the uh, the incident about using her pool um, yeah. with Zack Ryder. So I've... I, I hope that's not the case, and I hope that that's the reason. There's been rumors about it being Dijak and Lara Sullivan. Um, 
that's terrible. I don't want it to be that. <laughs> um, so like so far, it kind of coincides with an NXT like group call up thing, but it, every other idea I've heard floated out there either as a joke or a rumor is way better than that. You but know, that's fucking dumb. That's like, yeah, we're mad because. We want to be on this show. We so were given an opportunity fast now. enough. We're pissed off about it. We're taking our what, spot. What, watch the leaders really just Triple H in that Terminator 2 outfit, and he's yeah. just kind of sitting on the Thunderdome, thro- Thunderdome throne. Oh, but that would it, be awesome if Dijakovic carried him out, like just a yeah. on his head in the chair. That would be great. Like that, that should be like he should be the leader of um, of the Thunderdome or something. Well, here's the other leader idea. Of the Thunderdome. Now they should just be called Thunderdome. Thunderdome. Yeah, that's it. Just Thunderdome Entertainment. Um, the retribution idea I heard that I like the most is that it's all the guys that were fired. And ah, yeah. I don't, I don't think that they could pull that off. But if, oh my God, if they revealed, like all of a sudden they took off like their hoods and it's Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson and Eric And Drake Young Maverick. And Drake Maverick and EC3, I'd shit myself. Like that would be amazing. That would be amazing. Those guys, those guys never signed with Impact? Yeah. Like, they just went on some fucking, like, month-long contracts with them, and we're like, hey, we're doing a thing, but, you know, we'll come perform for you for a couple of months, and, you know, Impact would be like, fuck, yeah, come on over. We'll give Eric Young a title shot while he's here if he wants it. You know? <laughs> no. <laughs> but oh, I know, that's what I'm saying. It's so unlikely, and there's so few of guys left. Like, I, I don't right. think has, um, has Maria Kanellis and Mike landed anywhere yet. I think they're rolling um, back to ROH. Okay. Well, I'm just saying, like, they haven't appeared yet. So, like, there's not a lot of people from this last group that could be coming back. And some of them would be obvious. Like, I've heard Eric Rowan discussed. Um, I didn't even know Eric Rowan was released until I found out that uh, he was rumored to be part of Retribution. So, that just goes to show how well I pay attention. I, I just wanted it to be Eric Rowan and his spider. Like, his yeah. spider should be under a hood. Yeah. Or it's like uh, it's like Chazawa, where it's <laughs> all spiders. Go. It's just an entire <laughs> group of spiders and Eric Rowan. Oh. Uh, but the other 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 thing. I hope I guess, it's Nick fucking Gage. It would Holy be crap. so fucking. Don't even. Don't do that. Don't do that. You, you know what I laughed at the most is <laughs> Jimmy for, Lloyd for, summer, for for SummerSlam. They're charging a hundred and twenty five dollars for like a Zoom call, <laughs> and With then. Bailey. Yeah, with Bailey, but you can pay thirty bucks to get on a Zoom call with Nick fucking Gage. Yeah, <laughs> like it's so much better. I'd much rather do hey, that. What are you doing, motherfucker? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just chilling, beer? Nick. That's Hell cool. Yeah. Hell yeah, me too. <laughs> so, uh, murder, death, kill. You know? Oh, you know it. Speaking of the best, Nick is speaking... literally the the best. He's speaking he's... of Nick Gage. Shout outs to uh, Lapel. Yeah. They're doing a, a, a cross cross promotion with uh, Nick Gage coming soon, so be on the lookout for their products. Lapel, yeah, they're always cool guys. They always rep good, uh, make good merch. For sure. Um, I, I want to give a shout out to Game Changer Wrestling, by the way, because about a month ago I haven't had a chance to talk about this, but this just made me remind. This reminded me of this. Um, I bugged them to let me come to one of their secret backyard wrestling shows. And uh, I was just doing it kind of out of jest, but also kind of out of hope that they were doing it in L.A. and I could actually go to it. Uh, But it wasn't. It was in Philadelphia. And uh, (laughs) however, it didn't it didn't it doesn't matter because it still led to this exchange to which 
Game Changer Wrestling direct messaged me and said, Hey, are you gang affiliated? And I just responded with Murder, Death, Kill Gang. And then they came back with Eastern Block. And I said, Hate Club Eastern Block, gang affiliated all motherfucking day. And then they said, Okay, and sent me the address to where the, I should send the payment for text, uh, tickets. It's the coolest fucking ticket interaction I've ever had in my entire goddamn life. And I just needed to let everybody know that. Now we're in by association. And now yeah. you let everybody know. Yeah. Well, that's the way it goes. That's the way it goes. I, I knew the password, though, and I wanted to share it's, it. It's because we take care of y'all, faithful listeners. That's right. That's right. I should put have put it on down. the Patreon, but I didn't. Uh, okay, so the other thing I wanted to discuss real quick before we got into the little SummerSlam and TakeOver preview. Um, a little bit of AEW, a little bit of Raw. Uh, Raw Underground. It, has it gotten better in your guys' opinion? Uh, once we start seeing guys kind of match up who are a little bit, like, I don't know, a little bit more equal rather than it being jobber matches like we saw the first week. And no more dancing girls. Oh, boo. Yeah, no more dancing uh, girls. Do you want to go first, Jeremy? Hello. I, he abandoned us. He no, just I'm abandoned here, us. Listen, I'm, all right, listen, I'm going first then. Okay, so I underground. Second, sorry. When it comes to Raw Underground... Um, I still can't get over the way it's shot. Like, it's so many camera cuts, so much shaking. Like, I get, I feel like I used to get, I felt I would, I would laugh about or joke about how I would get nauseous watching WWE. Now I'm really getting nauseous watching Raw Underground just because if they're going to make it like a shoot, uh, like, like a shoot fighting style, why don't you just, keep the camera fixed just hard cam it. you know they, they know what they're getting into yeah people can work a little stiff a little snug so what just let them throw bows here's the thing it's not, still it's still kevin dunn and he doesn't know how to do anything any differently it's just like man like i'm looking at oh he's gonna put him in a choke let me see how he's gonna right. lynch uh, or you know sink it in nope cut he, left he, now he, i can't see it cut here, right there oh there they're, it is they're here's, doing this intentionally because they're covering up the, the very lazy grappling. They're yeah, not and, sure. And that's my they're just, theory. They're, they're not trying to hurt anybody, of course. I mean, everyone knows what we're talking about here. But, yeah, it, it definitely could be a little yeah, bit. Yeah, fedora's tighter. all around. Fedora's, fedora's all, all around. around. Milady. Uh, Milady. Uh, uh, but, no, you're right. I think that's the problem, though, well, is, is deep down inside, as much as I, 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 I don't want to sit here and bash Kevin Dunn like we always do, and that's an easy target. But I'll just say this, is that I don't think Kevin Dunn likes wrestling. I don't think, I don't, I'm not even saying that as a joke. You laugh like that, and that makes me want to laugh. But, I think it's more um, that he likes to hear himself speak, so the more holy hell. often he can say what camera to change to, it's like, sure. yeah, I got another one in there. I think, but you know what I think is, is that he doesn't like pro wrestling to the point where he just thinks it always looks fake as shit. So that in his mind, his job is to cover up that fake fucking shot that's going to look obviously like that dude's not hitting that other guy. Like what we've seen in AEW I... at times because they didn't, and then people poke fun at it, right? And it's like, who the fuck cares? Yeah, one of the fucking Dark Order guys was throwing shitty punches. Yeah, that's kind of the way wrestling goes. Like, like have you not like, seen that? Everybody's that guilty time? of it. Like, even right. we saw, I think I saw Ray Phoenix last week yeah. throwing shitty punches, you know, and it I get on. it. Yeah. But it's the fucking camera guy who went up all up in that shit and goes, yes. oh, okay, yeah. here we go. Right. And again, it's a tricky thing, right? Uh, it's kind of like I was describing to my wife 
after I super kicked her by accident. Um, I was describing to my wife thigh size. Wait, 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 wait. No, 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 we're not, no, 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 we're not, no, we are not going to address that. I'm just going to say that we were messing around. I just imagine Derek is like, this is how Raw Underground should be. Pretty much. Super Pretty kicks much. in the jaw. But we were, you know, we were talking about thigh slaps, and I was saying like how when you're at a live event and you're there and you can't see it closely and you can't zoom in and you can't fucking rewind it three times, that there's something about them making the, the noises, whether it's a thigh slap or a you know slap to the ribs or whatever they're doing to make their noises, that really sell it for you when you're there. So yeah, like it's a so weird it's a weird I, I, I honestly I never even noticed the thigh slap itself like physically seeing them hit their thigh no I, no the sound I hear all the time but right. I usually am looking at the contact and what's actually going on you, you really got to have your fedora on right yeah, like, thigh oh, slap. well and that's and that's the thing is is that when you're at like an indie show with the young bucks and they're fucking just <laughs> slapping fucking thighs left and right right but it sounds awesome. And it makes you, when you're there as a viewer in person, it makes you lose that sense of reality and where it blurs the line about where what's real and what's not. And that, that's what gets you into it, right? And then you start thinking, like, God damn, these guys fucking make it sound like they're really hitting someone on every single, like, offensive move. That's incredible. I don't understand why people on TV don't do that more. And then when they do it on TV, you're like, God damn, Seamus. You're not even trying to hide that thigh slap on that fucking bro kick, are you? You're just yeah. slapping you that can, shit you, right. You can see his his elbow at a ninety degree angle yeah. making contact yeah. with the thigh. Right. And he's so pale, he leaves a hand. Yeah, he leaves a giant handprint on his, on his fucking thigh. Right. I also yeah. want to I want to go back. I don't want to totally bury like the, the grappling on Raw Underground because it is no like they definitely know what they're doing. It looks let's, good. Yeah. Let's talk it's just about not as tight as they need it to be. Right. And then. Well, let, Some let, of the guys in there are fucking awesome. Like that that one guy, I keep forgetting his name, the bald guy with the beard. He's like looks oh, like a, um, a, a more badass Champa. The 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 guy, his name I think his same name is something Rujas. Rujas he has like yeah. that Capoeira style. Yeah, Dude, he's he's, he's fucking rad. Like if, right. if they can get him a manager, he will be a fucking hit. I think I think I agree. Cool because... He could be like our modern day Steve Blackman if we really if we really could have him in, in like yeah. a program in a way this is like their way of getting over everybody who would be like a bodyguard or a heavy in some way for the most part you know what i mean like that's one yeah. thing about this that's cool also like a hit uh, fact. yeah and riddick moss versus cal whatever cal's i forget cal's last name but that was excellent those two guys fucking really just like looked at each other and went like let's just go fucking throw each other around and see like we won't hit each other or try to hurt each other but let's like really go out there and like fucking stretch each other out when, when we're doing this and like that looked really good Dolph Ziggler looks really good when he is out there doing this like some of the shit they're doing is working I thought when Nia showed up and just started whooping ass that was a fucking cool moment there's just things that still come off as cheesy and I still think they're finding like their footing with it but I think it's getting better and I don't I don't really know its place or purpose but one thing I noticed about this week's the last raw that I watched was that the show was really broken up well like despite what you have to say about the 3 hours and everything like that they're trying to figure out ways to not just have it be 3 hours from the performance center yeah, with the middle crowd and I appreciate that and I think that like Shane is fucking just selling his fucking heart out with this thing like you could this was totally his idea because he is so like trying so hard to make it work and make it seem cool 
Um, and he's not doing a bad job. He's still really sweaty all the time. But that's like I don't know. It's there's there's. I feel just, like. Things I feel like working. Shane McMahon is our modern day Antonio Inoki right now. Yeah, he's just he's just really dead set on trying to get something over. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. hey, you know what? If you're gonna, but like I said, if you're dead set, if you're gonna do it, you got to just go all in, man. Yeah, like you like you have a great concept, and I like the dancing girls. Like, give me dancing girls, give me drinking, give me gambling. Uh, uh like like if you're gonna do Raw Underground, and it's supposed to be like uh, um. You know, uh, uh, definitely just like uh, um, uh, the other side of the WWE coin. Like, man, let's just really go yeah. into it. Yeah. You know, let's me, really shoot sh- into it. Give me Shane in a kimono next week and then put him in the yes. throne. Have him with sit in a fucking Shane throne. Shane in a kimono <laughs> with big Elvis glasses. Yes. Like, <laughs> like, really lay into it, man. Yeah. Like, really like, just go all in with it. And I character. Think... Like, don't have him be just fucking Vince's son again. Make him into some, like, weird, like, very just very eccentric fucking rich weirdo that loves to watch people fight. And then he just starts and, getting more and more perverted with it as it goes along. <laughs> and we see, and we've seen his fighting style, you know, that's why that's his fighting style. Is that like that shoot fighting style, yeah. which isn't believable too much in the ring, but man, in raw and raw underground, it could work. Yeah. So, so why not like make him like a boss or something? I don't know. Like, like, <laughs> Like or well, have like, him, or I liked, have him do an open challenge and just pick on like scrawny dudes, I you liked, know, and like <laughs> something like that. I liked um, uh, when the hurt business showed up. That was very cool. That was very like you said. It was, yeah, it was end level boss like, and that was a cool moment. I think there's a lot of um, you know, there, there's a lot of potential with it, and I don't think it's something that they should abandon. I think we've all gotten our jokes off on it, but after what has it been three weeks? I feel it's kind of been adopted a bit Uh, people are used to it and it's not so bad especially once we started seeing like i don't know like i like the way that things i like the way that the situation between the viking raiders and dolph kind of you know evolved you know it went from dolph like you know kind of just talking shit outside of the ring to going in and beating someone who already fought so it made it reasonable why he beat him without making the other dude look too bad plus he thumbed him in the goddamn eye and now he's fighting his friend next week because his friends mad at him for thumbing him in the eye. Like that's the kind of natural storytelling that you need Thumbed more of. Eye. And it's just a simple ass thing, right? Like it, it, it's just one of those things that makes all the sense in the world. And I don't need any more. That's it. You know what I mean? I, I thought it was hilarious that after the thumb to the eye over the weekend, they decided to go with the thumb to the eye bit of like, yeah. you motherfuckers. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, but like, okay. So, uh, I did want to talk really quick before we get into like SmackDown and stuff about, um, AEW and some of the things they've been doing. Uh, they're not on this Wednesday because they moved it to Saturday they have a pretty stacked lineup for that show, which also includes Cody Rhodes taking on Mr. Brody Lee. Uh, but on last week's episode, Cody Rhodes took on who I perceived. And I think many of us perceived to be the guy who should beat Cody Rhodes for the TNT championship, which is Scorpio sky soon soon baby i know and i know it's got to be one of those things that builds up um it just feels like it also should be one of those things that happens kind of out of nowhere right so the the only problem with it is that i feel like they are going to build it up into a rivalry in a way between cody rhodes and scorpio sky where he gets another shot and then it's going to be even more obvious that he wins it but they they have done a good job it's reminiscent to me of what they did with the rock in 98 to me with the whole uh having him win his way on uh velocity 
in the in the Survivor Series and the Deadly Games situation and everything. So like it was just it's very it's very cool the way they've kind of naturally had him you know come into this role where now a lot of people like are like me where they're almost like foaming at the mouth to get Scorpio Sky as the winner of this belt. Yeah, on that thought, like I knew. I thought this this the stage was too small for this match. Uh, I think if Cody's going to lose the title, it's going to be on a pay-per-view. Uh, it's got to be like, like the story has to be really enthralling and it's hard to build the stories with Cody taking on, like doing this open challenge type of deal. So I feel like what's going to happen is if I was booking it, I would make Scorpio sky uh, like use his win loss record as another ticket for AEW and take that title off on a pay-per-view. And like that's, that's, that's gotta be it. That's understandable I, completely to me. I, I can see that. Mm-hmm. I was going to agree with you. Like the whole thing with the open challenge, it's not like Scorpio can lose this week and come back immediately go, Hey, I want to challenge again. I, and cause Cody can easily blow him off unless he goes, cause the match wasn't like tremendously close. Like it was not, an overwhelmingly even contest, I don't say. Like, do you think they're going to just run up and have him challenge immediately again? Or are they going to have Scorpio maybe do something underhanded to piss Cody off and get him in a match again? Well, let me, I'll tell you this. I feel like, Co- I feel like Scorp is going to, is going to garner uh, the crowd behind him because yeah, they can't I, turn I, him heel or anything. That would be right, terrible. Right, right. I, I feel like what Scorp is going to do, is that he's going to he's going to use his platform to cut the promos necessary to to get the crowds behind him. He's going to use his win loss record as the key to unlocking a rematch, and and I feel like that rematch is going to be at a pay per view, and I think that's where the the stage could be set, where you have the 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 you know the 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 true. I mean, you have the champion defending it day in and day out. You can't deny him that. However, you have this underdog. And I think we can all get get behind an underdog story, where he he's uh, he's showing the proof, uh, you know, with with his talent and with what he has with the crowd. And I feel like with those two things, he has enough to to get a rematch. Yeah, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you on that. I will say that they've done an excellent job with this TNT Championship. It's ridiculous how they have not only given it such a big fight feel for each match, but it. As it as it snowballs, it feels like every week we're getting closer and closer to Cody losing, right? So that adds to this weird like wanting to see Cody lose, but then like yeah, not at some times. It's like yeah, lose this week. No, 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 don't lose this week. Well, yeah, yeah, lose this week though. Listen, oh, yeah. next week, yeah, lose next week. Next week's even better. But don't lose the third. No, don't lose that week. You know, like so, like that's a cool feeling. Plus the fact that it feels like it could happen at any time. That's exciting. Like yeah, they, yeah, gave that... you the, they gave you the feeling almost like it, they're gonna have him lose it to one of these guys that get on it, like Warhorse, like some guy who randomly yeah. the fans get yeah, on the somebody show. Yeah, somebody who's gonna get a contract. It. It for, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and those cool. matches were close, boys. Like right? I could, I really got behind all of those matches because they were so damn close. Yeah. Uh, so when it comes to putting together a match, yeah, Cody can really do it, and he's done but a good I, job at doing different things. Like yeah. the Warhorse match was a perfect example of where he didn't like 
he he didn't take his power seriously. And then all of a sudden, Warhorse started overpowering him on shit, and he's like, "Holy shit, this guy's actually really powerful, right?" Like yeah. that was that was a funny, he lifts, bro. you know. He lifts, he lifts, he, lifts and he yeah, fucking that, he rules that ass. That guy rules. That guy rules ass. Yeah, yeah he rules ass. <laughs> uh, but like, I I I'm I'm to be honest, I've seen television titles over the years all the time. It was always a secondary title, like the Intercontinental Championship. It wasn't a bad thing. I remember in WCW being a big fan of the TV title for a while there. Uh, especially when like Booker held it and such like, but there was just something about those titles always feeling like a lesser than this is a lesser than title, but it doesn't feel like it, especially because of the, like I said earlier, the big fight feel that they give to yeah. each match and all the and, shit. And they're not, and they're not flip flopping it around, bro. Like right. they're, they're, they're like, they're really holding it true. Like it's a prize to be desired. Well, It feels like a boxer. Like that's how a boxer yeah. would like, you wouldn't, I got, I got to defend it every week, but every time it feels like, Here's the champion and here's a challenger. You know, mm-hmm. we, we talked about the biggest problem with Drew being the fact that none of his challengers felt like they were real challengers yeah, up until incredible. Randy. Now he's facing yeah. Randy and this has been exciting. It's almost been more about Randy than it's been anything to do about Drew. Mm-hmm. And and that just makes me feel even more like Randy has a really good job or chance of winning it. But I think what they've proven with the TNT championship is, is it shouldn't ma- matter the challenger. It should man- matter the way it's promoted. And yeah. if you don't promote it well, then it's not going to be interesting or compelling to the fans. And we're going to think of the person as being a chump challenger. You got to mm-hmm. do something to make these guys like Dolph and such like seem like they well, could actually win the champion off of Drew. I- I'm just, I'm commending, you know, AEW on the fact that even with competitors that have never been on their television program before, They've done a good job at making them come off like they could potentially be the one to beat Cody. They've made everybody seem like a viable challenger. You're 100% right on it almost seeming more prestigious because the Moxley stuff, like, it just seems like throwaway. And, like, it's, like, it's, it's of course, going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. The angle, like, with against Darby, like, that didn't seem like that was going to be a match that he was going to lose. But with Cody, yeah, all of them are great matches. The people look like viable contenders and the way they're presenting this title, like every week, bringing it out or highlighting it. It's all Cody just being so good at that kind of promotional stuff. Well, Oh, go ahead. ahead. No, no, you're right. No, I was going to say, and, and speaking of Cody, I feel like slowly, but surely the fact that he's incorporating the nightmare family more and more into his matches, like as a stable, I feel like once we start seeing some of the Nightmare family maybe stay behind ringside some more, I feel like then we can create the narrative of Cody becoming more desperate to retain said title. Yep. Yep. And yeah. therefore really creating the 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 heel babyface element that we, you know, for lack of a better word, we all like, you know, that we all want to see. Everybody in the elite except Kenny Omega should be a heel. Even Kenny Omega should be a heel. But I'm just saying, every member of the elite should be a heel. The Bucks work better as a heel. I can't wait to see Adam Page with with fucking the FTR as a heel. That's going to happen, I think. And uh, mm. Cody as a heel is so good. Cody as a heel is so good. And I think that you're right. Like, the natural progression of a slow heel turn of him, you know, getting more desperate doing underhanded things to keep the title, robbing people like Scorpio Sky out of his next, you know, yeah. championship where he comes so close to winning it but then doesn't. You know, I I I am I'm, I'm in for all of that. I'm in for all of that. 
I um, really like your guys' wrestling brains, and I'm glad I do this podcast with you all. <laughs> Hell yes. Aww. Hell yes. Well, I, another thing I love about AEW is how big they've made Jericho versus Orange Cassidy. <laughs> I fucking love this so much. Just because, Even you know. Even that almost seems more important than the fucking. Yeah, yeah, that, you're right. That $7,000 jacket, like I'm behind that seven jacket. $7,000. I think he still owes him $7,000. I don't fucking care if he won the match this week. It was with a roll-up yeah, and it that's shouldn't that's really count. Like, that's an insane. Like, I have enough money to forgive it, so let's just have a match just in case. Yeah, just in case. But, um, yeah, somehow Orange Cassidy pulled off the win this week and, like, when you talk about underdogs, there's no bigger underdog than Orange Cassidy. And Man. I don't I don't know when his gimmick is going to wear thin on me, but it sure the fuck hasn't yet. It doesn't seem like it's going to happen anytime soon. Oof. I think the fact that Orange Cassidy getting a win over Jericho, that is monstrous. Like, the company is really behind Orange Cassidy right yeah. now. And the fact that he has so much merch right now yeah that also speaks volumes well, you know such... fedora fedora's on like fedora's it, like, it's, like you you can really see you know jericho doing his uh his his best to really get over orange cassidy yeah no you know and i i i can't describe enough about why orange cassidy is such a good television character other than i compare him to the arizona diamondbacks mascot the other day, I was covering a Diamondbacks game, and the mascot was out in left field, and he was just doing shit like he was a fan. He was just sitting in the stands, and when there was like a strike call against the Diamondbacks, he was getting up and yelling and doing shit. But the camera, I was watching the television presentation, the camera was not on him at all. He was just <laughs> out there. There's nobody. He is doing it for me and another reporter named Zach Buchanan in the press box. That is the only two people who are paying attention at all to what the mascot's doing. But he's just out there working it, right? Whether he's going to be on camera or <laughs> I not. Love it. He's just out there fucking putting on a show. And that's Eating kind up of the scenery. Right. And that's Orange Cassidy. I've seen Orange Cassidy at, at indie shows where there are no cameras, and he's still doing the same shit. Like, he's, he's always on. Even when he's selling his merch at ringside, every picture is a half thumbs up with his sunglasses on. He stands there fucking leaning up against the ring. This guy is just always in, uh, in, 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 in character. And I think that's something that when you produce television, you absolutely love. Not to mention the fact that he's so different uh, from everything we've ever seen out of a pro wrestler. Uh, and, and he calls everybody baby. Not only does he call everybody baby, but he fucking wears Odomax <laughs> white Stingray shoes. Do you know what Odomax fucking Stingray shoes are for? They're for bodybuilding, Neo. They are for bodybuilding. And he wears them casually with jeans. That is fucking hilarious. That is such a deep inside cut. Not to mention that really good professional wrestlers, like I think Kurt Angle and shit, used to wear Odomax. So it's just really funny that he wears them. But that's like what he is. The fact that he can still sell even after all this time his little shitty fucking weak chops and then turn it into a taunting situation for jericho to miss and then super kick him in the face is fucking glorious like i rarely can credit wrestlers for fully understanding their character inside and out better than i ever could but that dude gets what he is and yeah that's why and jericho it's... sees that oh jericho, jericho loves working with him right because yeah. they're perfect like they're so the opposite. Jericho is such a flamboyant, 
person who needs all of the attention in the world and cares so much about what people think about him. And Orange Cassidy doesn't give a shit about what you think about him. And that's what makes it so fucking perfect that they're working together, you know? Mm-hmm. I and it. how. I love it. And I, Great I honestly, comparison. I think the thing about it is is that it's I, it's a credit to AEW that they were like, this is really good. We're going to go with this. And they've they've recognized it when they were on commentary. It's been a long-term, long-term story now. Like, it's stretched on longer than I ever imagined it could. And it keeps getting better. And, like, now it's at a point where it's, like, a true rivalry where they don't really need to have them going up against each other anymore, but just forever Jericho and Orange Cassidy hate each other, and that's just part of lore from this point on, and I love that. You know, I, I think that's really fun. I hope eventually we get the tag team of Orange Jericho. Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. Oh. Jericho or Jericho. Well, and then Jericho has to wear that, that orange blazer all the time. Yeah. They both have orange blazers. Yeah, matching orange blazers. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this Sunday is the SummerSlam 2020 coming to you live from the Thunderdome, where uh, Neo will be riding around in T. Call's backpack. But uh, let's chat a little bit about the preview. Yeah. First of all, the virtual meet and greet. Uh, I, I don't know, man. Going back to that, I, Just I will go 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 get a go get a meet and greet from Nick Gage. We've already established this. <laughs> I will say it's $125, but so are a lot of cameos. So I'm not going to really knock it, considering you actually get to interact with the person when cameos exist. Uh, I think cameos are dumb too, so I'm not going to like compare those two things too much. But <laughs> I, I was on the cameo.com and I saw for a cameo for MJF, it's $500. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Good for him. (laughs) Good for him. All right. So the biggest match is the WWE championship. Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton. Like I said, uh, Orton's been incredible and he's just been the best person in WWE right now. They're, they're devoting all of their storylines to him and he is punting everybody in their heads. Um, He put Ric Flair down and then he put down HBK the very next week. Uh, so what are your guys' thoughts? Is this the guy to end Drew McIntyre's run? Do they end Drew McIntyre's run before he ever gets a chance to be champion in front of an actual audience? Uh, personally, I don't think they should. I think this is a great build to making Drew McIntyre look like a fucking stud by knocking off Randy Orton, who's been killing fools. You know what I didn't understand is why Drew McIntyre just didn't come out with HBK. You know what's going on, man. You knew what was going to happen. Yeah, he said, hey, man. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. You should have still gone out there. Give me my space, my guy. (laughs) Give me my space, my guy. Um, Shizzle's got to go handle this alone. (laughs) I'm just amazed that I love Randy Orton so much. Not only is his social media presence suddenly just outstanding, but like this this whole thing has kind of made me realize that he's like the last man standing. You know, I have this poster behind Derek, me. The man pooped in bags. Oh yeah. Well that's how I got that's how I got rid of everybody. That's exactly how I got rid of buddy. Shitting in bags. Uh, that's I how this, you that's how you that's how you climb the ladder, baby. I have this poster behind me. It's for SummerSlam twenty six here in Phoenix, Arizona. And on the poster is Chris Jericho, Rey Mysterio, Triple H, Edge, Kofi Kingston, Batista, John Cena. Randy Orton, Undertaker, HBK, and Sheamus. 
so and it's out Jamaican of those, Kofi, right? Yeah, it's Jamaican Kofi, and okay. uh, it's modern day Sheamus because he's super white. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, of all of those people standing, it's Randy Orton, and Randy Orton's kind of like the last of the Mohicans, last of his generation. Yet somehow he's better than he's ever been now that than he even was back then. Uh, Good I don't know. I just, I just think it's incredible the way that they've uh, they've they've made Randy Orton into easily the biggest challenger for the championship that there is. And even if he doesn't beat Drew, I still think he should be the one to beat Drew. Whenever it happens. Whenever it happens, you say. I don't think it's going to happen at SummerSlam. So that's my prediction okay. is that Drew McIntyre so will. It's going to be a long-term program with Randy and not going to move on to a new challenger after that? Well, here's no, what I think. It's going to be Drew McIntyre versus Daniel Cormier. Oh, don't do DC. that. DC. Don't do that. Don't do that. I don't want that. But I, <laughs> I think I think it could be like the Braun Strowman, you know, Bray Wyatt situation where it doesn't just last this one show and it, it goes on um, a little bit more, you know. Uh, but I do think that the storytelling in the Strowman Bray Wyatt match has been more interesting to me personally. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I, I just don't know what happened. Like he just says he came from the swamp and he's different. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, he That's shaved not, his no. head. He shaved his head. That's why he's different. Well, he was balding anyway. No, but he used to yeah, have well, hair, and now he doesn't have hair. It's like it's terrible. Right. It's it terrible. Just, for it the started fossils. falling out in clumps when he came out of the why swamp. Why is beard different? Beards are a more powerful type of That's hair. That's right. I actually, they got experience. stronger. His beard grew more beard hair. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It actually got a strength and a bounce and a vibrance. Yeah. I'm actually quite jealous. He actually has to <laughs> feed it bird seed now. He has to dip his beard in, in swamp water. In swamp water yeah, every day. Every day. Uh, but no, I well, mean, I don't know. The, inv- the, 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 the inclusion of Alexa Bliss, did that... Like, I kind of thought that... Oh, you fucking bitch. How fucking dare you? Alexa Bliss. Alexa, shut your <laughs> goddamn it. ass up. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Um, but yeah, her inclusion. Um, what do you think about that? Did you? I, I thought it was fun. I thought it was a good callback. I feel like they did a bunch of good callbacks with this entire rivalry with Braun, um, and and tried to just make it more than Braun being Braun. You know, like yeah. I think I think Fedora's on boys. I think what they did is like they're trying to just to delete or discredit that entire wholesome relationship that we all yeah. like came to love and appreciate. I never liked uh, you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks, but that's Ron. stupid. And, I think that's and, dumb. I think that's it, dumb it to be dumb. honest. Yeah. I, because I think that that was one of the few relationships that we'd like to see. And exactly. yes, we all know in real life that the two of them aren't dating. But this is television, right? How hard is it to make them? a couple on the show, right? Like you could have made this into like a Superman, Lois Lane. Totally. You know, like you you could have. Yeah. And it could still be like, it still could be like a Rachel Ross. Will they, won't they kind of thing. Even if he does save (laughs) her and like proves to kind of like her and love her a little bit. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? No, I think we need to add another person. It'll be a whole like Wolverine, Cyclops and Jean Grey kind of situation. Well, maybe. Well, one time, I don't know if you guys know this, but one time uh, the Pope told Braun Strowman, it was okay to have a mistress. So to Braun Strowman, to Braun Strowman, (laughs) he has dandruff dandruff the size of the mice in my house. (laughs) <laughs> like that one mice in your house oh, or that one mouse I know in your there's house, fucking more say. than one um but that is that match is going to be for the uh universal championship and i feel like the universal championship is not the focal point it's really just like a feud between two dudes 
Well, the Swamp match, the championship wasn't actually on the line. And no matter how stupid I thought that started out as, I thought it eventually got pretty, like, interesting. And I I, I don't know. Bray, Bray, Bray gets me. Bray is one of those people that I, I am easily uh, compelled by. I think he's been doing a better job at not just rambling with, like, ridiculous kind of you know, statements like he did at one time. Yeah. There was time where he was just fucking talking in circles, right? Much like I do every single week on this podcast, but Braun really brought out a good side of him when it came to his focused promos and like that work in that swamp match where they were talking about just their relationship. It didn't feel like Bray was trying to beat him. felt like he was trying to like manipulate him back under his control. Um, And that was a good premise for a match. I think that's why I started to like it. Uh, I think this kind of has the feeling more towards Bray could actually beat him for the championship. And again, maybe if not at this match in the future, but I'm going to say that it happens at SummerSlam and Bray, Bray, Bray beats Braun because it just seems like he's off his game right now, even though he's this big monster and he's thicker than he's ever been. Yeah, Yeah. I, I could see Braun dropping the title. Uh, he is too pres- or too consumed with his anger, and of course, the fiend takes advantage of uh, people's emotions. So, pretty easy. Yeah, I agree. I don't think Braun ever ever needed a title. I think he's bigger than a title because he's a spectacle type of wrestler. Um, I think if you're gonna have a title on him, like he really has to like really live up to the strongman moniker, and WWE is never gonna book him that way. Um, because he'll just squash everybody realistically. Right. Right. Yeah. And I'm not sure if you guys know this, but Braun still believes in Santa Claus, and he wants to put him in porno films. To Braun Strowman. <laughs> Apparently, Bronx liked that one. Yeah, he liked that one. <laughs> Bronx knows. He's like he gave hand job to a manta ray one time. Anyway. That's impressive. <laughs> He's besmir- besmirching the name of Mick Foley right now. I'm sorry. All right, so we also have a bunch of women's championships. We have Sasha versus Asuka and Bailey versus Asuka. Uh, well, <laughs> I don't know. I like Asuka going and getting her a fucking piece of some. You know what I mean? Like, I like the way that this whole thing kind of played out. And for some reason, it, it seems fitting that Asuka's fighting both of them. The me, Jeremy, would love to see Oscar come out of here with both these boats because you, Oscar is the shit. Yeah, I'm just speaking for Jeremy personally. Yeah. Um, and Jeremy likes to think no. Uh, <laughs> 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 fucking grandpa. Uncle Jeremy Beagle hates when here. Jeremy talks. <laughs> <in third person. laughs> but no, seriously, Oscar's the best. She should have both belts. Uh, that also helps. You know, once they lose both their titles, they can easily drive a wedge between Sasha and Bailey, and, you know, eventually we get that nice program between those two again. Well, on that wedge comment, I feel like uh, either, you know, I, I honestly think Sasha's going to lose it because I think Bailey needs the title to be relevant versus Sasha really doesn't. Uh, so I think Sasha's going to is going to lose it to Asuka, and then you're going to get that rift between Sasha and Bailey because that story has already been told with these subtle, like these subtle jabs and hints of, you know, Sasha, uh, you know, having this admiration for that title. 
hey, 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 I, I, I don't know what you're talking about, but in order for us to finish this podcast, you're going to need to take on my best friend Asuka in a match right now, Neo. That's what's <laughs> happening right now. Yeah, that's that's all been great. Like, the, the doing it to each other and, like, it, it kind of reminds you of those people in, who are friends in real life, but they are constantly, like, taking fucking jabs at each other and dunking on each other, and you're just like, why are you guys friends again? I'm kind of confused by that, but... Uh, yeah, that would be the good straw that broke the camel's back. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm and, and and you know, and I feel like what's really going to happen is then there there'll be some more defenses under title under Oscar's belt, which will bring some more prestige to it, and so on and so forth. And then we'll have a dramatic storyline between you know Sasha and, and Bailey, right? Oh yeah. no, I I see. Once Oscar gets these two titles, it's going to be Charlotte coming back to take them both. Over. Yep, yep. <laughs> do, do, do. Not that I want that to happen. I just yeah, that's but that's happen. that's probably what's going to happen. Probably what's going to well, happen. Well, it, it's kind of think... hard. It's kind of hard to book these double title things, right? Because yeah. you know, like I, it's even hard. It's I, I, in my opinion, it's even hard when they do it like in New Japan. You know, with with Evil having both titles and then. You having to consistently, you know, hold both titles. It's like, ugh, maybe they're going to unify them. Who knows? You know what the thing about that is, though, is that it makes it, especially when it's somebody like that, it gives them a lot of challengers, and it makes you like those challengers, right? Because, like, an evil situation, he's the fucking worst, right? So you want him to lose those belts. So it doesn't matter who it is. And whoever eventually does take one of the belts or whenever he loses both, it's going to be a fucking glorious day. And that person will be exalted as a, as a king, you know, because they, they, right. they ended his evil reign. Exactly. I, I, I think that that's what's cool about heels holding both championships like this case. This is even better because it's Asuka and fucking, you know, Bailey or not Asuka. I'm sorry, Sasha and Bailey doing it together. And, you know, just it's it's great. And, uh, you know, they've. They have really tormented Asuka and the and you know Bailey attacked Kyrie Sane and this is the reason quote unquote that she left. So, yeah, I mean it would be a fitting end to this particular you know story to have Asuka take their belts and then have the interfighting between the two of them essentially lead to them losing the tag belts and turning on each other. And then we get to hear Sasha's whole song, and I'll be much happier because it's a fucking yeah, her bop. New, her song is- now a banger like it's the original a banger. version okay the new version so tight it's so good and then she shakes that butt in the entrance now yeah neato yeah aspirate uh but. so seth rollins versus dominic mysterio has strangely been good but not that good i just thought it was good the way that they beat the shit out of dominic and left him lying the way they did that was a very interesting welcoming to the wwe uh with receipts and then uh, I Dominic... wonder if he knew he was going to get it that bad. Like, like we're going to cane you, but I wonder if he knew it was going to be that bad. Well, that's a, that's part of it, right? Oh, my God, you bitch. I didn't even okay. say Alexa. Yeah, I don't know what happened. <laughs> um, but... You know what, though? What's, what, what, I, what I don't need to get, I don't need to get more images of Dominic's, like, bacon body, you know, in my screen. Like, I've seen it once. I don't need to see it. After every other commercial, once is enough for me. Like, oh. I don't need to see the brutality throughout the entire when you show. you really think about it, it's like, that is so masochistic. This guy's going out here to take that and get that. He knows that's going to happen. 
but he's still doing it anyway. It's kind of yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what the <laughs> yeah. fuck is going on there, but all I can say is is that we fucked around with a kendo stick at StarCast 2. You and your wife? No, 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 no. no. no oh, hey We use other I toys. Get it. Uh, but no, there, is, uh, there was a kendo stick that Tommy Dreamer was hitting people in the head with and such in the pictures, and we started messing around with it and quickly realized how... How much it really hurt to get hit with a kendo stick and how heavy a kendo stick really was. It's not this light, floppy thing that you think it is. Uh, it, you could really whoop someone's ass with it, and that's what they did to Dominic Mysterio. It's just interesting, though, that like some gruesome injuries they decide not to show, but then other ones, like you said, they flaunt on television constantly. Uh, it was also weird that they chose to... like go black and white with the editing so that you couldn't see the blood, but then they showed a super high contrast picture of him sitting there looking down at all of his wounds with all of his wounds brightly shown. So, I don't know. They're definitely selling violence with this one. And uh, I I think it's it's good for Dominic. But does this mean like WWE is now like TV 14 or? Um, (laughs) That was pretty brutal. Braun said bitch on tv so yeah i think we're out of the pg oh yeah unedited hey bron how do you bron how do you say the b word bitch there you go (laughs) perfect nailed it uh who wins seth or dominic seth is putting the kid over uh shenanigans since since ray mysterio's at ringside um what let's let's be super maniacal and say dominic turns on his daddy Oh man! After that, I oh, he, love oh, wait, that idea. I, That's I the only idea I like. Because he took the canyon like to say, "Hey, I will do this for you, Seth." Oh man! Yeah. Oh man! Oh, Fedora's my. on, baby. No, no, I am not putting my fedora on because that's a much better story than you yeah, know they'll tell. Good. That that's is good. not <laughs> what they're gonna do. <laughs> he is gonna fucking win the match, and Ray's gonna ride on his shoulders. And they're gonna trot <laughs> off into the sunset, victorious. No, no, no. Dominic's gonna ride on Ray's shoulders. Yeah, yeah. Right, this time. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna cradle my baby boy. <laughs> I don't know why Ray sounds like Braun, but he does. I'm gonna cradle my baby boy. All right. Hey, uh, Braun. How does that Ray sound? Mysterio. <laughs> <laughs> booyaka, booyaka. bitch. All right, so my other favorite match or best storyline, in my opinion, has been the Sonya Deville versus Mandy Rose. I say that just because it's the only storyline, like, that I remember really being this long for women. Like, this is a really long, invested-in storyline from their falling out to now. Um, But it also takes an interesting twist. Like, it couldn't happen at a worse time that hey, Sonya Deville, Deville actually <laughs> saved <laughs> Mandy Rose's life from a fucking actual life kidnapping. And then we're expected to believe that they hate each other and they're going to cut off one of somebody's hair on Sunday? Nope. You can't be going saving her life. Protect the not- fucking business, Sonya Deville. You but- <laughs> let that kidnapper take her. What is wrong with you? Oh, Every man. news story is talking I thought about how some good a guy actually you guys legitimately are. mad about that. I'm like, it's not like they were walking around town flaunting their wrestling's phony. <laughs> how they dare were in a they fucking ruin house. this for me? 
I don't care that she was going to get kidnapped. This is ruining storylines for me. Uh, yeah. Kayfabe, pal. That's all I got to say about that. Yeah, yeah it, it's... Like, like, uh, he said, Mike Graham or Bill Watts would have fired them. <laughs> like, no, he wouldn't have. They almost got kidnapped. You don't understand. This was a real-life psycho who was going to actually kidnap her. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Um, I do like that it's uh, hair versus hair, and I like that they're both going to get new haircuts by this. Like, Mandy got some of her hair cut off and has, like, this now short, sassy do. And then I think Sonya's losing her hair on Sunday and going to go bald as shit. It's going to look awesome, because she already looks awesome and fucking super badass, but with no hair, she's going to look awesome. I think Mandy would look hot as fuck with no hair. Oh, she'll look hot as fuck no matter what. It doesn't matter. Yeah, she. Could I think the obvious hair. way to go is Sonya. Yeah, Sonya for sure. What do you think, Neil? I'm, I'm, well, this is the thing, and, and you know me. Like I, I, I always go back to the AEW well, and I remember that on AEW there is this uh, this gal who was part of the Nightmare Collective who has a shaved head. Uh, her, I think her name was Mel, and she was like part of like the whole Brandy Rhodes story. Yeah, and she. Like with the shaved head and the way she wrestles, it's really convincing. So I think like if they did this with Sonya, they like it, like it would really have to br- like not necessarily break her, but really give her the badass edge versus the chicken shit edge. Yeah, you know you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I know. What you mean. Um, and she's so, going for the badass edge. Like she has like cool gears. She's taking some really cool photos. Like I I get it. It's weird to think of either of these girls not having long hair anymore, but I think I think there's people that want to do drastic shit. And it's hard when you're a WWE superstar because you literally need clearance to get a tattoo or you'll get in trouble, right? They're like, we got fucking action figures, pal. Can't have you getting a new tattoo. You know, like, so it's it has to feel really restrictive that you work for a company that you can't just do whatever you want to with your life. You know, yeah. you can't just shave your head if you want to. So you have to like talk to the higher ups and be like, Hey, I want to shave my head. Can we do like a storyline thing where I eventually like lose my hair? And I mean, get, that, don't get me wrong. Part of the story with fucking, uh, TJP, he got all those stupid tattoos and they're like, uh, you didn't ask to do that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It was him. Um, I think some other people have brought it up too. It's not, there was out of more than one wrestler, but yeah, like it's kind of weird. And, it's also kind of There was that silly. story back in the day that Frankie Kazarian, they wanted him to cut his hair, and he wouldn't, and they canned him. And so he went and cut his hair right away afterwards. It's like, what the hell? That's funny. That's funny yeah. because uh, I, I used to see Frankie Kazarian perform as an indie star here locally in Phoenix all the time at the sets in Tempe. And holy shit, man. Uh, that guy, uh, when, when, when I used to see him, I was like, that dude's a star. Everybody else here is a bunch of chumps. But... Uh, you know, yeah, it's kind of weird to hear that. And Frankie's still red. He's always he, he has super been red. red. And I super think that red. that's super that's red. that's a weird thing. But uh, yeah. Anyway, Neo, who do you think's gonna win? Who'd you get? Oh yeah, I think uh, I think Manny's gonna win. Okay. And and you know, yeah, Dana or what's her name? Uh, what's Sonya. 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 Sonya's gonna. Yeah. Sonya's gonna be bald like Mel and be badass. I agree. I agree. All right, so then we got the Tag Team Championship match on from Raw. It's the Street Profits versus Andrade and Angel Garza. Now, 
I don't know what to think about this story because at times it's been funny, um, especially when <laughs> when Zelina got, got figured out. I thought it was a good reveal. I thought everything they did with it would sign a kind of Samoa Joe laughing about it and being the one that knew already about it, like he had been told earlier in the day. I thought everything about that was good. But my favorite thing was Andrade's fucking reaction to it. When they showed the footage of <laughs> Zelina being the one who allegedly poisoned, uh, you know, our man fucking Montez, <laughs> Andrade looked at her with the most incredulous look like, bitch, are you serious? You fucking did this shit? Like, it was so fucking funny. Uh, if uh, I didn't have subtitles on my television, I could tell what was going on. Oh, like yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. Um, but, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, what are you guys' thoughts overall on this? I... I think I almost feel like it's time already for the street profits to lose, but I don't think it's going to happen. Well, I think it was, um, I think it was like a, uh, like the poison angle. It was a good element, but I felt like that could have been a better element if it was done right before the pay-per-view. Yeah. Yes. It was done too far away. Right. Like, like he shouldn't have shown up until the pay-per-view and that should have been when he came back. Right. Yeah, like you're gonna poison him on a random ass Monday. Come on, who does yeah. that? If you're trying so, to win the championship, you poison him the Sunday or the Saturday night before the show. You go find him where he's at, hanging out, having a good time, and poison him there. Do you people Bingo. not know anything about murder and poisoning? Good lord! Yeah, good preemptive geez. poisoning is always the the worst move, man. Yeah. I I I love the Street Profits. They're extremely entertaining, and honestly, anytime their music hits, I kind of start dancing. Um, but I, I can't see them putting the titles on these guys who are constantly bickering back and forth. Like, it's constantly breakup ankle. I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, uh, Andrade and Angel on paper should be a cohesive unit. However, they just are not a cohesive unit. And therefore, like, their mannerisms are still individualistic. They're... Yeah, they don't they don't wrestle as a team. Definitely, like they, they don't, don't have, any, have like matching gear, bro. No, yeah, and, no. and on top of that, like the stories that they do, it's mostly Angel trying to woo women, uh, you know, backstage. So, uh, yeah, like it, it's just not tag team centric versus what the profits are doing. Did you pronounce an H in woohoo? He Angel, uh, yeah, Garza is wooing women backstage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, yeah, no. Whip. It's uh, yeah. I I definitely don't like the uh, bachelorette uh, you know, angle they're going on. Yeah, but whatever. Yeah, it's it's weird. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I think the street profits may retain everybody else on board with that. Yeah, and like as a side yeah. note, let's let, let's not skip over the fact that we saw um. Uh, uh, Viking Ivar's like you know super kayfabe uh, you know um, turkey leg powers on display yeah. on Monday Night Don't Raw. Don't fucking start with me. Don't start with me with that <laughs> shit. Yeah, there had to be somebody off camera like tossing him a turkey leg. I just you better get this fucking. Hey. Oh, yeah, it nope. should it should be Stone Cold's fucking beer guy. Is who it should be. <laughs> his name is Mark Yeaton. I know his name is Yeet. Yeet. Yeah, hire him back. Yeah, bring it back. All right, so I think the only other match I didn't go over was the United States Championship with Apollo Crews versus MVP. Um, And I just got to say, man, MVP has 
a uh, has won me over big time with the fact that he's just worked really hard to stick around and you know be a viable form of entertainment be a viable performer that adds to the show and and he's done so like there's just something missing with wwe about a veteran presence and as it stands randy orton is currently kicking all of the ones that show up in their fucking heads so well, we don't have a lot of them kicked, left. He even kicked MVP too, no? I know. Yeah, at one point, I'm sure he did. He probably deserved it. But MVP's, <laughs> every, MVP didn't cower away and go away forever. He didn't cry about it. He came back and got himself two big friends so that Randy doesn't do it again. Um, but yeah, like, I love this. I love, I don't know. I just, I love that, uh, you know, it seems like, <laughs> it's so weird, but in my brain, MVP Shelton Benjamin and Bobby Lashley were all like relevant at the same time for this company and now are kind of all discarded forgotten stars you know they are the action figures that have been taken out of the box played with really well and then thrown away in a trash can that Neo then finds for all of his children to enjoy Um, and now and now they're top top figures in my boys fed yeah yeah right uh, that's the way that shit works. But it he definitely- has he, my my boy has a a copy. He has two uh, Bobby Lashleys, and they're a tag team. That's fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine what a nightmare that would be for the rest of the tag division? <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, dude, he, he, they dominate his Fed. Like right now, they're the they're the because he has two copies of the um, undisputed title, the one that Brock Lesnar had, and they're both. <laughs> They're tag team champs with That's those amazing. with those two titles. So I don't know. They've done a good job, I think. Um, I still feel like this is still like one of those situations. Like, don't get me wrong, I get it, but and I'm glad that they're giving um, so many people of color like a prominent you know role now in the storylines and everything. But it also feels like they grouped all the black people up into one storyline and that's what they have going on. Like even the younger guys are involved with it and everything like that. Like, I, I don't know. It, it just, there's something about that, that at times it feels a, a little bit still like, uh, you know, it's being done and presented on TV just so that they're trying to show off their diversity, you know, but, uh, I think they're all awesome. And I think the story has fucking been great. I think MVP and, and belt Benjamin and, and Lashley have been just outstanding together. And there might be some truth to that. Honestly, I can see why people would feel uh, slightly uncomfortable with them lumping them all together. But, but at the same time, like leads are getting on TV, man. Like they used to not care at all. Right. And there yeah. was this beautiful I'm not moment. They need to be happy to be there by any means. To be clear, I'm just no. Yeah, I know exactly. Prominent fucking storyline. Right. Like, and it and it's shit and it's enjoy. good stuff. It's right. good shit. There was a uh, there was a moment I think that during this you know during this match there wasn't a single white person involved in a WWE match on TV. It's scary and, me to be honest. With and you. there was like ten people out there too. Like fucking our truth was out there. Tazawa was out there. Like there was a lot of shit going on, and yet there wasn't fuck. So like that was nice. That's refreshing to not have it always be, you know, white people like. Trust me, I was fucking. <laughs> I was watching Big Brother this week, and one of the dudes was like we should make a group. And I'm like, I immediately was like, yeah, let's see who your group is. And it's like Chad and Tiffany and fucking, I'm like, yep, it's all the white people. Of course, there's like five people of color in the house. and You're going to leave all of them out of your group. Like it's fucking crazy, but that racism happens everywhere. And to be honest, it's, 
uh, you know, it is what it is. But I fucking well, did appreciate the fact that, you know, um, well, like, w, like let's AEW has taken a hit at times for how much they promised that they were going to be diverse. And then at, at times have shown a lack of diversity, both with women and people of color and like people of other genders, like transgender and, and gay people and stuff like that. So it's been, you know, highly kind of held over them that they made promises in regards to that, but then didn't okay. fulfill up to it. Just a little bit. Okay. Okay. Couple things. All right. Are oh, you about to put on a big fedora? I could tell. Okay. First and foremost, going back to the hurt business is a perfect example of what can happen if you just let them go all in. Yes. Right? Yes. So perfect. Like I would be, I would be happy if the hurt business does recruit one more person like Cedric Alexander, for example, that'd be great. Yeah, that would have been great. Right. Okay. When it comes to AEW, I've heard these jabs before, mm -hmm. but I also feel like these are the same people who don't watch AEW Dark, the free yes. YouTube show. Yes. That 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 has a lot of black wrestlers. Well, you have a has... different, you have a much different opinion on AEW Dark than other people might have. And, right, and, and but but I'll it's say out you've, there for free for everybody to watch. Me Wait, they that. have a bunch of black people on the show named Dark. That's crazy. Hey, Jeremy, no, don't, be, don't be don't be hey. reaching, Jeremy. Hey, I'm just saying he's not wrong. Hey. Uh, but no, I mean you're right because a lot of people see AEW Dark as their lesser than show, right? So that's sure. the reason why it's criticized in that way. It's the people same are thing with. Opportunities on that show, but it's but really but it's people free. Want to see that is on national television that's right. where they want to see people get the opportunities i, I can understand I get that it great. i and get it but it's just like show, you know I can't, I can't talk too much shit about it so no and i know there's there's all kinds of amazing talented people that if they're great enough are going to be brought up to dynamite but honestly why not feature some of those guys up a little sooner man have some more battle royals that like maybe well and, and i think it's because they have like you know like 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 any you know company they have a certain you know they have executives that they need to satisfy they need demographics they need to win therefore on their television show they go with what works and i understand that but i feel like if they can make stars uh, on the on youtube where they've made stars before i mean that's kind of where scorpio sky the scorpio sky angle came from he was the king of AEW Dark. Mm. His his win record right now is 24 and like something. 24 wins and 11 losses. And 12, 12 wins and 7 losses he, in 2020 alone. So Definitely viable for storytelling. Don't get me wrong. I you know, and, and so that's the thing. Like, I feel like if there's more presence around, you know, if these guys become interesting on a free platform that everybody can watch, I feel like that's when, that, you know, that point they'll be, they'll be the shown more point. prominent. That's, yeah. your, that's your best point about it, especially with, like, the women's tag team tournament, was that their show Dark is free. So, essentially, it's available much more widely than watching TNT and seeing Dynamite that you have to pay for in some way, technically. Shape or, yeah, shape or form. In order to to receive. So, by, by from that standard, you're right, and, and it's a matter of people <coughs> changing their perception. I think the younger generation of wrestling fans and the young, younger generation of people don't look at YouTube the same way we look at YouTube. So they see right. YouTube shows like this as offering great free content that you don't need to pay for 
and it's further reason for them to cut the cord and not have, you know, a a cable subscription because they have everything that they need on YouTube or maybe on some other streaming service as well, right? So, like, it's it's a different generation and it's viewing differently. I'm too old now to view it that way. (laughs) I can't see it that way. So I am with Beak. In my the, eyes hurt. My, I'm, I'm old. old I want you off my yard, and I don't want you to tell me about the tube tube, okay? I am fucking interested <laughs> in who's on national television and who's getting TNT championship title matches. That's all I care about. And who rules ass. Who but, rules ass, yeah. Um, going back to this, though, I, do, <laughs> I, I saw some people make a funny you know, statement about, like, this was WWE's big you know, fuck you to people that said like there wasn't enough people of color. They were going to put them all on TV at the same time, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm appreciative of the way that they've done this. I think that it is kind of, I don't know. I hate to say it, but it's, it, it is real world shit for, you know, a, a group of black guys to be trying to recruit another black guy to be part of their group. Cause like, Hey, we all need to like look out for each other and shit. Right. And that's Get together, baby. That's real. That's not like, that's not a fake thing. You, you might consider that like tokenism or stereotype or even a tad racist, but in, in real life, that's kind of how shit works out. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's, it was a good story. I think to have, you know, these guys, the younger guys kind of turning down the older yeah. guys and, and setting that division line between, you know, I'm not going to just do whatever and I'm not going to be a piece of shit just to get farther in this company or whatever. Right. Um, so, and, and I don't know. I also like MVP making his own championship and then Apollo taking it from him and having it too. So uh, that was all funny, but I oh, think yeah. Apollo, I think Apollo wins this and retains the championship and uh, moves on from, from MVP. I hope I hope uh, Apollo loses and then just becomes part the fourth member of the Hurt Business. He's, he's like so dejected, like nah, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> nah, if you can't it. beat him, join him. You know. Uh, Beak, what do you think? Oh man, I I want Apollo to win. I'm liking I'm liking Apollo. I, the only thing I don't like about Apollo is how much he laughs all the time. Like it's almost like he's he got that disease where he laughs at inappropriate times. <laughs> yeah. Like walk another one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Outside of that, I, I fucking love the guy. I'm glad they're going with him because Uha was always a badass. Yeah, you know what's weird is I mean maybe it's because he didn't have to get on the mic, but when when he was Uha in Indy, he he never came across like this. Like. Now he comes across as like the nicest guy. Like in when I saw him at an indie show, I was like, I wouldn't fuck with that guy. Like that's that was the vibe I always got off him. Even though yeah. he came out to that wacky song that was so much fun to clap to and shit. Like, yeah. No, I mean, I don't know. But um, I guess also there's matches that might take place. I guess Matt Riddle might take on King Corbin. I don't really care about that. Um, I also thought it was really funny that did I miss where AJ Styles started having Abyss as his assistant? What when did that start happening? Did that just happen on the oh my god? Smackdown? Wait, wait, Abyss in a suit was kind of scary. Oh, like, I didn't... I've seen a, Abyss has been delightful in a suit in TNA. Um, I forget what his name was now, but uh, Joseph Park. Joseph Park. They're calling him Joseph Park still. I don't know what they're calling him. I never heard him refer to him as a name, but I did think he was really funny and just everything he did. And 
Yeah, but like when you got a guy like that already on your payroll, you might as well put him on television. Well, that's right, because he's an agent, right? Yeah, he's an agent. Oh, okay, cool. He's one of the I agents. Think he's that white. He's not Asian. Fight. Oh, don't. <laughs> he's son of a bitch. Motherfucker. <laughs> uh, you guys want to talk Takeover really fast? Because I have not super enjoyed NXT too much, but there's some good stuff from Takeover. I just want to say one thing. Pat McAfee's promo this week was fucking rad. I am all in on this guy. If he oh, actually man. is any good in the wrestling ring, he's money. I don't know what to think about all of this because you're right. It was. I think Pat, Pat McAfee, his only offense is just like punt kicks. It should be all that, kicks. Nothing he, but kicks. Gonna, it's going to be kicks, a match kicks. between Bart Simpson and Lisa Simpson. Yeah. Where he's just going to be doing kicks. I'm going to swing my arms <laughs> and like I'll, this. I'll be over here trying to eat a pie. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, no, NXT TakeOver, it, it shaped up pretty good. Um, I'm still, I, I don't know, man. I'm I'm still kind of not all in on all of the changes that they've made. Uh, that's why it feels definitely like a lot of the NXT people are part of this retribution group because it feels like a good amount of the NXT roster is missing right now without any explanation. Uh, but I do, I do... I did come around on the Adam Cole, Pat McAfee thing. I wasn't like a lot of people where I had a problem with it as much as just Pat McAfee seems like a lot at times. And I'm not surprised at all that eventually he worked his way into an actual wrestling match. I'm just not super excited about, uh, you know, his involvement. I'm not looking forward to it that much. They did a great job, though, of, of... making this into something though you know what i mean like between yeah. between cole's appearance on his show and the punt and like you said his his promo was absolute fire so yeah i mean calling adam cole a little bitch definitely was uh was a step in the right direction for me i just think that it's another one of those cases that i think that when we actually see the match it's i i'm not expecting a lot mcafee could totally shock me we'll we'll see here I think I'm giving him the punter, uh, you know, stigma, and, and he's definitely not that. I think he's worked mm-hmm. on this shit. Mm-hmm. He should come out, like, uh, on one leg. It's got the long pants like Ryder used to wear, and the short leg on the other. <laughs> 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 leg has got yes! His exposed leg. Yes! <laughs> he has to rub it down with, like, Tiger Bomb yeah. before the match. Holy shit. Can Adam Cole ever show his face if he loses this match to Pat McAfee? Oh my gosh, yeah. One of the longest reigning NXT champions of all time gets beat by a former NFL punter. <laughs> we're, we're not realistically believing that McAfee's going to win this thing. No, no hell way. No way. No hell way, but I, I'm just saying, like, I, I felt I, like this... Talk, apparently. Like this, but, but this angle, like, I get it, it's entertaining, but, okay, I mean, let's just put it out there, let's just get it over with, Let's let's watch it for what it is, and hopefully Adam Cole can, I don't know. I want Adam Cole to stay in NXT. I, I don't think he'll survive long on the main roster and not to any fault to his own, but like, like him, Pete, you know, guys like him, Finn Balor, you know, guys, you know, like, like, you know, in that build or stature, I know it's sad to say, but I really think like they'll, they'll, um, they'll flounder on the main roster versus here at NXT. They, they can put on these bomb matches and, and be super, super over and relevant. <laughs> All right. So we also have the NXT North American Championship ladder match. 
between Bronson Reed, Damian Priest, and for some reason this says to be determined, but Velveteen got, had to win the match. Today. Yeah, yeah. Velveteen. So Velveteen's in. Yep. Sadly. Okay. Well, what 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 are our thoughts on that? Is like fucking what, weird. What's what? So Velveteen comes back, and what the fuck are we supposed to think, man? Like honestly, like what are we supposed to think? We're just supposed to move on. Like nothing happened. It's it's weird because it seems to me personally, and don't get me wrong, the thing I'm about to say is gonna absolutely disgust me. So here, let me just fucking give you that disclaimer right now. But it seems to me like Velveteen Dream got accused worse of doing something worse than what Enzo got accused of doing. Yeah. And yet Enzo got eradicated off the fucking earth from WWE and wrestling in general almost. Yet Velveteen Dream is just back. And and if we're being honest, I believe the charges against Enzo went away and were dropped, so they weren't proven to actually be mm-hmm. valid. Or maybe either way, they, were, they didn't. Pr- they didn't, didn't prove whether or not they're valid or whether or not correct. He just didn't get charged. Were... We'll just say that and leave it at that. But. We don't know what happened with Velveteen Dream either. So, like, this whole fucking situation is just really weird. It's like they swept it under the rug, and we all know where the rug is. Yeah. Because one of the victims, like, he, today, like, an hour ago, was, like, uh, sharing all the interactions he had with him. Oof. Yeah. Oof. I gotta look for that. So that just basically means... We conducted our own personal investigation and feel internally like he didn't do it, so we're moving on. Yep. With, but, with and the no... victim said they never were contacted. Oh well, there you go. I mean, that's 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 the reach of their investigation, then, huh? Yeah, they're not even contacting the person who made the claim. Evidently. Sure, because in their mind, they don't need that person's opinion. All they need is for Velveteen Dream <laughs> to prove to them in some way that his information or his, his pictures were stolen and that the entire conversation is fabricated. Mm. Right? I mean, am I right? That's all they care about. They're like, prove to us yeah. on your end and then whatever. Yeah. No, no files were, no charges were filed, right? There's no police involved, so it's just us believing you or not. Well, if you show us sufficient information, then that's good for us. Like, it's kind of weird. They kind of treat it the same way you treat your bro, who you find out did something wrong. And he's like, bro, I don't even know her. Look, her number's not even in my phone. And you're like, oh, it's good enough for me. Like, no, fuck you. You're a piece of shit. (laughs) Do your due diligence, even about your friends. It's fucked up that you believe him just over some shit like that. Yeah, it's like, yeah, bro, I heard you were a rapist. Until I hear otherwise, I can't hang out with you. Yeah. I need confirmation from all parties involved. My title is The Therapist. Therapist. All right, man. So (laughs) then who fucking fucking wins this? It can't be Velveteen Dream, right? Give it to Uh, that big boy Bronson, damn it. Yes. Give it to him. Fuck yes. Give it to him. Totally on board with that. I'm going to go on Damian Priest, though. I think it will be. Yeah, I think that that's Archer, who they're building. Yeah, up. that Punishment Martinez guy is awesome. But man, I don't know. Bronson Reed reminds me of one of those cats that, like, you know, he's coming out with thick, spelled with two C's. Like, yeah, you already, you fucking know what's up. You're already. I, I can. The I minute can I see, see that, I know in you're in with Reed. us. Yeah, yeah. yeah Bronson sure. Reed is a champion that I can support. Being a thick boy. I I I. <laughs> 
I tried so hard to explain to my wife the difference between like thick boys like Bronson Reed and just like skinny fat dudes like I don't know <laughs> like Chris, you <laughs> like me or like Chris Hero right like yeah. I was I was like yeah, you know like it's Chris so Hero. weird I'm like it's so weird right because we're so accepting of big guys like Otis or Bronson and we love them and we're almost like don't you fucking dare lose a pound in fact go eat two cheeseburgers right now but then when yeah. it comes to like someone like I, Chris I think Hero, he's kind of in that rarefied air too. Yeah, definitely, definitely, right. But you know, like my the reason why I was bringing this up to my wife was Ethan Page, right? I feel oh, like yeah. Ethan Page and I used to be very similar body types, <laughs> and then Ethan Page all of a sudden actually became a body guy. This guy spent fucking ten years making a joke of himself just as a joke that he was the fittest guy in the ring and that he was the body guy and all of that just because he knew he wasn't he knew how pissed off people would be about him making that claim but the best thing he was he wasn't like necessarily sloppy he just was an in-shape guy who wasn't super cut and right was just like right he just had like a he, spare tire he just had he lifted I mean. weights without dieting but now he, he looks amazing as a matter of fact there was an impact picture where it was like the entire roster on the stage and somehow he was like the most jacked dude up there right like and he did that in a super short time so i'm totally fucking watching all of his vlogs now and following all of his diet plans um but i'm just saying like i thought you were afraid of needles no, don't worry. No, 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 no. <laughs> but um, they, they, they have, like, it's a weird thing. And, like, I don't know, Bronson Reed, like you said, he's just, he's perfect the way he is. And I want him to be, you know, And champion. he's lost weight, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah. And he's a great human being. Oh, he's a fantastic person. Sweetest boy. All right. We got the NXT Women's Championship, Io Shirai versus Dakota Kai. Um, I love both of these women. I'm so happy Yo. for Dakota. Yo. Um, it's gonna be I, oh, absolutely! I don't. We'll just get that out of the way. We're we're all in unison about it being EO retaining. But I think it's awesome that Dakota Kai has become such a a badass character, right? Like she was a fucking really good wrestler, and everybody knows she's like the sweetest person in the world. But there were a lot of sweet girls on NXT, and from the moment that she fucking jacked Tegan Knox in that cage in that fucking match. Dude, she's just been on a completely different level, and it's really cool to see her get, you know, this recognition. I don't think, you know, uh, playing it the way that she was playing it uh, initially was going to get her to this level, but this transformation into this heel form and everything she's done with Raquel and everything, it's been great. Uh, mm -hmm. Really happy for her. Well said, sir. Well said. Yeah. Um, all right. So then uh, Keith Levers, Karen Cross championship nxt championship keith lee getting fireballs in the face and shit which a is a really it's a really funny video because he looks really stupid in that video and they love showing it and it just doesn't do anything <laughs> for him because they show it in slow motion too and he's just like like his face is fucking hilarious to me um and i don't think that they should show that video ever again but uh the fireball yeah. looks great and everything that carry and cross does is super evil uh it just fe it feels like this is it i mean it would it would kind of be especially considering that he gave up his north american title it it feels like keith lee's gonna lose it to carrying cross is it too soon uh, too soon I, I i think it'd be too soon i think it would make keith lee look like a real goof if he gives up one title and then loses the other one immediately. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> like what a fucking 
idiot. I almost said a really bad word. The R one, you guys. I almost used uh, the R no, word. No, don't. Yeah, but that's what you feel like inside because you yeah. don't know what else word like, to what go the to. Heck? What a goofball. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I I think that that's my only reason to say it doesn't, but um, they've just done such an efficient job at building Karrion Cross. He's a monster. Yeah, it just, I mean, even his entrance, it's like, how do you have a WrestleMania entrance at NXT? That doesn't make any sense. It's fucking wild. Every week, they put all that money into smoke. It's crazy, you know? Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, it definitely feels like at any time he could just snatch this shit away. He feels ready. Um, it also, I think, would be a good move to have him just lose to Keith Lee and then disappear and show up on the main roster. That's another thing I am not opposed to at all. So uh, I just don't know. I don't know if he needs to win the championship. And I also, if he holds it, I feel like he would have to be like one of those guys that beats like Adam Cole's record, you know? Uh, and he, and he, doesn't, he doesn't feel like he, he needs that. He feels like he's just ready to be like just shot, rocket strapped to him right up to the main roster, right into a main rivalry with a, with a top guy. He should win it. And then say he doesn't want it, and then go to the main roster. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. That would be amazing if fucking, like, oh, man. See, because there's no person of power like Regal for the shows, right? Or maybe maybe you could say, like, Stephanie, you know? If Karrion Cross at the end of the show fucking won it and then shoved it into Regal's chest and was like, I don't need this fucking belt, and then got into a limousine with Stephanie McMahon with, with Scarlett and drove off, that would be amazing. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, why are we booking? God damn it. See, we're doing that thing where we're booking it, and then I'm getting excited, and, and yeah, the and then show it'll can't never live up. We've ruined the show for ourselves by making now, a better show in our mind. Now I'm sad, y'all. I'm sad. Uh, so we, need, we, need like, we need like our own dreamatorium. That way yes. we can oh, just so yeah. me- mentally book wrestling matches, and then we just then giggle. Get, we get to see them come to life. <laughs> uh, the darkest timeline shows up. Is Santos Escobar versus Swerve happening? Is that confirmed? Uh, I think they were insinuating that during the show tonight. Okay. Well, the Legado del Fantasma kidnapped Fandango and uh, beat up Tyler Breeze. So um, yeah. Well, those boys are going. They're they're going. They're doing they're doing a triple threat match to become number one contenders for the tag titles. Gotcha. Well, yeah. They, so it's they, it's they Legado are... del Fantasma. Oni and Danny, and then Brazango. Okay. Um, so, yeah. I like that. I like the fact they're still kidnapping people. That's good. Uh, mm-hmm. I wonder if uh, the actual life attempted kidnapping will have any effect on their ability to still do that storyline-wise, but we'll see. They should brainwash Fandango and make him really brutal assassin. You know what would be awesome? Hey, if, that'd is, be cool. Is, and then if he came out and he randomly, like Buzz Lightyear, started speaking only in Spanish... He's fan, fan danger. <laughs> um, all right, but that that uh, that that triple threat match that you're talking about, do we think that those guys? I mean, it feels like it's time to push that that faction, right? Yeah, I think the belts are gonna, like that's the the key to get these guys over big time. Give them all three belts. I mean, nobody. I say, ca- I nobody say cares why about not, the man? Like, like get, that'll give them some legitimacy on the brand, you know, for sure. Yep. Well, and what's going on with the UK guys in general? Is NXT UK still happening? Raping people. Oh, don't. Maybe oh. raping people. Hey, oh, yo. no. 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 You, I, you remember how you talked about the the 
what do we that that uh, community reference the dark timeline? Yeah, the yeah. darkest timeline. That's yeah. that. There, you go. Yeah. <laughs> Good one. No oh, shit, Jesus. All right. Well, we'll leave all that for another day. But um, you guys want to do winners of the week? I got mine. Oh wait, did we do? We didn't do uh, Escobar versus Swerve. That's is that a match? Because this has it as a probable match. I didn't know if that got confirmed. Yeah, that's what I said. I think they insinuated, but I didn't hear for sure. I don't remember. Okay. But... Well, let's pretend that's a match that happens. Who do you think wins? Escobar obviously uh, retains, right? Escobar. Yeah. Escobar. Yeah, they're, they're putting over a big deal that Swerve has already beat him once, and that Swerve had his number. So of course Swerve's gonna lose. Gotcha. Well, I just feel like he's just gonna get kidnapped and beat up. So yes. that's fine by me. Do that too. Evil Kidnap Swerve. him. Kidnap him. All right, Jeremy. You said you had your winner of the week, so let's do it. What do you got? <laughs> We talked about him just a little bit ago. I'm going to go with all ego Ethan Page. Hey. hey. That guy cut up from the uh, butt up. Yeah, from the butt up. <laughs> yeah. No, that's good. Yeah, I'm like, using that from now on. Great. Cut up from the butt up. Uh, yeah, he's looking great. Uh, he's always been hysterical. Now he's got the personality and the body to match. Wait until he's raking in those big bucks. All right, Neil. I'm going to give my winner. It doesn't have to be wrestling related, right? You can do whatever you want. All right. So my winner of the week. I didn't know that. And hopefully. <laughs> sucker. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> we can't let this all go to shit by doing a bunch of non-WWE shit, non-wrestling shit. What do you got? Troublemaker. Uh, it's going to be um, Summer Games Done Quick 2020. It's a, it's a stream that I like to watch every year. Well, Games Done Quick in general. Uh, spe- it's a, this it's is a, group. a goddamn put over. Yeah. This is a put over. But it, no, this isn't put over. But it's, but it's my no, winners. No, you put because... the put over on your fucking show, and that's where you do the put overs. Is on your show. That's well, where the put overs re- are done. We're not recording. I so don't therefore... care. I don't. I asked so, you for a winner of the I'm, week. I'm gonna. I'm gonna segue there as I normally would. Okay. My winners of the week are Doctors Without Borders. God damn it. It can't be Doctors Without Borders. You can't yeah. give it to yeah, try Doctors to bury that, Without Derek. Borders. Bury, bury Doctors Without oh, Borders. See how far that gets asshole. you. asshole. That's, that's fucked up. That's... Mm, mm, I'm not happy Sucker. about that. Yeah, no, I can't say anything more. Yeah, you better not. Anyway, go donate for Doctors uh, Without Borders, yeah? Really? <sighs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I want to change my winner of the week to Feeding America. No, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you absolutely cannot. Um, How about the United Way? <laughs> <laughs> my winner of the week is the Amway Foundation you for building the, thund- the Thunderdome. Bitches. American Red Cross is getting my winner of the week. And ruined, only this week. Ruin this podcast. My winner of the week is Randy Orton for obvious reasons, but what the fuck? I'll give it to fucking March of Dimes and the, you know. <laughs> fuck yeah, March of fucking Dimes. Fucking Make a Wish Foundation that my father helped start. Uh, you know what? I'll tell you that. Like, Randy Orton did an awesome TikTok video of him winning the title yes, with, he with did. those figurines, and that was yes. amazing. That's what I was talking about. His social media game has been outstanding. Like, there's just something that happened to him where he stopped. Like, I think he received so much negative backlash from the shit a few years ago about him being racist and about some of the tweets he liked or retweeted and shit, right? Yeah. That you just grow like. A, a complete like I don't give a fuck anymore. I'm just gonna do whatever I want to do, 
And once he hit that stride, that was the perfect, like, zone for Randy Orton to be. Because him doing whatever he wants to do, like, he doesn't care if it's kayfabe or not on his Twitter. Mm -hmm. He doesn't care how much he's going to brag about his relationship with his wife and how hot she is and how much they fucking fucking shit. Like, I love it. I'm so happy for them. I can work the marks on social media, too. Hell yeah. Yeah, right. And he'll he'll even work the boys on social media. Like (laughs) that whole thing with with him and Gargano about the leg slapping. Oh, dude. Right? And and not just that, but he got into a a delightful back and forth with RJ City, who's just an indie wrestler, who they eventually decided that they should become a tag team together. That shit was hilarious. Like That was hilarious. Yeah, dude, he's <laughs> he's really good. Um, and just in every way, you know, like, I was realizing at his age what good shape he was in when he was in that segment with, with uh, Ric Flair. But, like, just their back and forth and, you know, really just going at each other with so much, like, real-life shit. It was good. You know, it was good. It was... You know, the shot about I'm the son you always wanted, like, damn, that was fucked, you know? Like, Oof. yeah. <laughs> Reed standing. Fucking Ric Flair almost made my ass cry. Like, I was on the verge of tears. Yeah. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. This is getting actually getting to me. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Like, it was really good. I mean, the Ric Flair stuff was much better than the HBK, but obviously it was more personal. And, yeah. you know, be, based on him kind of being his manager and shit, they've, you know, they. They, they had to do this because it was like, he has to kill every legend. He just has to. I've made this comparison before, but it's Johnny Depp's character from Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Every legend is a cook that can just make the best Puerco Pipil that you've ever seen in your life. So he <laughs> needs to end them. They cannot. No, this is too good. I need to go kill that fucking chef. That's Randy Orton with every legend. And I love that about like, especially doing it to Ric Flair, but you're right, Deke, it, it got me. It got me. Yeah. Uh, in the same way that I didn't expect to get gotten in the end of the match with HBK with the I love you and the putting him down like old yeller, you know? Was that yeah. same and, shit? And, and I think we've already booked uh, Randy Orton's finale, right? He's going to look at himself in the mirror, headbutt yeah. the mirror, uh-huh. and pin him, and then pin himself. Yeah, he's got to kill the legend that is Randy Orton. That's the only <laughs> way this can end. That's the only way that this can end. It's um, just going to be a green screen of Randy Orton with a gun shooting Randy Orton. Oh, Jesus. That's dark. And then it just goes dark, and then it's like season finale. I've been and then the WWE is canceled now. Yeah, it's done. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening to episode 422 of the Steel Cage. Are you still listening? I, I, I hope you are. And if you are, God bless you. Thank you so Dude, much this for was, checking this us out. This is a good show. I think so. I don't know. No doubt. I, it's, I, I feel like it's always terrible, but it's just varying degrees I like it. I of just terrible. have a little self-deficating sure. sense of humor type of thing I got to do. Sure. sure. Uh, but I thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, please you. check out all the shows. Uh, of course, check us out on Twitter. I am at Cap underscore Caveman with a K. Uh, Neo is at the Neo X. That's E-C-K-S at the end. Uh, and James Vanderbeek is at James Vanderbeek with a J-A-I-M-S uh, Vanderbeek. But, of course, all roads lead to at the steel cage. Uh, please send us an email. Josh is never here to give them to me, so they'll never be read. It's podcast at thesteelcage.com. Uh, and also check out a couple of our T-shirt stores. Uh, you have thesteelcageshop.com with some beautiful shirts and one very ugly one that some very attractive people have been purchasing lately and sending me pictures of themselves in. So I'm hating it less, but I still hate it a lot. 
And also, please check out Beak's wonderful store. There's a variety of delightful masks and t-shirts and funny things. And there's a John Cena shirt that says Ruthless Aggression, I think, in like a fucking Fresh Prince of Bel-Air font. It's all very funny to me. And it's at teespring.com backslash... No! T-Bubble. T-Bubble? It's redbubble.com. I said T-Public. That's why I said in the first place. It's T-Public.com. Yeah. Did I say Teespring? No, <laughs> I did not. Did I really? It's tpublic.com backslash user backslash Pentagonzo. Or you can yeah. just go to tpublic and look up Pentagonzo uh, and you'll find it because it's got this delightful picture of Gonzo dressed up as Pentagon. And that's how I you'll know. I just happened to do a John Cena shirt uh, of rapper John Cena with uh, Bugs Bunny and Taz back in the day. You know, when yeah. they dressed up like hip hop. Yes. I'm going to do oh, that. Yes. Cool, I had cool. one of those shirts. It was really big and it was in the corner in an awkward position and I loved it. And then on the back, it was the back of them. So make sure yeah. that when you make it the on the back, that it has John Cena's back and Taz's back and Bugs' back. Oh, need that I hope I can pull that off. I hope you can too. Um, but yeah, check out, you know, the stuff we do. We got the snack podcast. It's We're snacking it up. Uh, of course, as always, we have the Hogsmen, who actually have some really great stories lately. Uh, they always make me laugh. And, uh, you know, they had Dominic on when he was training, so they've kind of had a fun progression of talking about Dominic's WWE career. And I think it's a lot of fun for them. Uh, to watch that, Captain Jack's Armbar Emporium is back, as well as, you know, Unfunny Nerd Tangent caught up with the Umbrella Academy Season 2 recently. So please check out all of that on the Steel Cage Network. Uh, if you haven't already, also check out our Aussie Top 3 from our friends in Australia. Um, they're just talking about the best stuff in wrestling. Uh, the latest episode, Episode 7, was the best promos. So check that out because you know we're doing this for you we love you and that's who we make this for and that's why we do it uh so thank you guys so much for listening to episode 422 enjoy SummerSlam. enjoy takeover and remember kids uh fucking orange cassidy still owes jericho seven thousand dollars for that jacket he probably spent seven thousand dollars on juice yeah you push me to the